Wow. <laughs> that is the man right there. There's only you. I know. It's like, can can we just rerun my Darius Rucker story that includes the oh, Lionel I know, Richie? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my first love. I love wow. a song where the melody seems to come in like mid phrase. Right. Like it didn't feel like that was the natural starting part. Right. But it's cool. It's more like you're entering into a, an already established scene. And I love this groove too It's like this drum groove feels like Somebody's about to get it on But it's the right thing for them to do Definitely (laughs) Secondary dominant chord I think so Yeah Very Disney Alan Menken Honestly, Beauty and the Beast wishes it was this song. Oh, this is great. Those strings, yeah. oh my god. And it's a great vocal performance, but they're not doing too much. They're really letting the song come to them. Yeah. Two hearts that beat as one Our lives have just begun Great, really good mix on the vocals yeah, too, I'm, right? I'm loving it, dude. <laughs> it's I can always tell when vocals are mixed well when I can hear two independent melodies really well at the same time. When a song makes you feel like a smart listener, they did a good job. Right, 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 right. <laughs> I can hear so many things. <laughs> So good. Yeah. Jesus. That little bass playing. Nathan East on the bass. Legend. Legend. Wow. It's so good. Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like, we research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. It's like listening to this song made me feel like I was doing a little intro for like sexy midnight hour drive home. <laughs> right, right. Ben Williams here. With, Adult contemporary. Yeah, with Endless Love. Next up, a song from 60-year-old Daryl Hall. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're talking about a song that makes me want to discover myself. Right. <laughs> it's the track Endless Love by Lionel Richie and Diana Ross. Uh, I've been re- I've been studying so much Portuguese. I wanted to read her name as Gianna Ross. <laughs> Released on August first, nineteen eighty one, this track was written and produced by Lionel Richie. It immediately shot to the top of the charts, and Billboard has voted it the best duet of all time. Wow! Which like it could be. Yeah, yeah. It's like I've it never, really could be. I've never really considered like what I think the best duet is ever. But after listening to this, it's like it's it might ca- be. It's got to be at least tied. Yeah. It's got to be at least tied. Yeah. Um, the song was recorded for the movie 
called Endless Love. But the movie was just a minor success. Obviously, the song totally crushes. This is one of those instances of a song from a movie becoming way more popular than the movie itself. Definitely. Which is kind of funny. Definitely. It's like without this movie, we wouldn't have this song. Yes. And it's just funny that it took like an hour and a half long thing to make a three and a half minute long thing that lasts forever. Right. Uh, I mean, I learned about the song in Happy Gilmore. Happy Gilmore accomplished that feat no more than an hour ago. Well, moron, good for Happy Gilmore. Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the best scene. The dude with the Zamboni, yeah. like, pretending to sing the backup yeah. vocals. <laughs> and it's like, but, like, that's what, if if the, if the song was meant to be written for that scene in Happy Gilmore, this yeah. was the song. Yeah, I think it's. it's like, that's the, that's the vibe. Like, the hockey rink and yeah. all the lights are out and it's them two. It's like, that's what the song's about. I always, you know? lo- I always love it when the lights go out in the rink and he, and like the song starts playing and she's like, I thought we were just hanging out as friends. He's like, friends listen to Endless Love in the Dark. <laughs> and it's like, it's funny now that my whole life is cute, cu- like, culminated with me listening to that song in the dark with one yeah. of my friends. <laughs> like, oh like, my God, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently getting Ross and Richie together was a challenge. Really? After many months of back and forth, the two ended up meeting at a studio in Reno, Nevada in what? the early morning of May 8th, 1981. The session began at 3.30 a.m. And within two hours... They had their vocals on tape. So it's crazy that they were able to just rip it out in their downtime, probably after some benders. Bender, honey, we love you. Shut up, baby, I know it. In in Vegas. Yeah, like they definitely like were like raging in Vegas. And and they couldn't book that studio because Pharrell has been in it for the last 40 fucking Uh, years. Studio of the Palms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're like, oh, Pharrell's in there. He's recording Happy for Despicable Me Too. It comes out in 30 years. 30 years, yeah. Yeah, He's he's, got to work on that baseline. I mean, he's another one that's maybe 430 years old. He's a vampire. (laughs) This it just made me think I was like oh 3.30 a.m. like these two to show up dark sunglasses on right you know like probably somebody's holding an ashtray that that's their whole job for them yeah and these two just knock out the song never really think about it again and then it just gets released a couple months later and yeah. it's like oh cool I remember that it just it, that blows me away because I, I'm so curious about how much was recorded beforehand because a lot of the song the orchestration and yeah. the music tie in so well with the vocals and the vocal performance. Like, I wonder if all that orchestra was there or if that was all after. Yeah, I didn't find anything about, like, the process like it's of, interesting of recording the music. But I do think that really good singers can either hear future arrangements yeah, or they just deliver a really strong performance and a great, like, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? An orchestrator right. can, like, really just weave it out. But I agree, it does feel like a really great performance of like a group that knows what they're doing yeah even though now we know it's just like it's a total bender stars at 3 30 a.m like yeah. two hours oh my god that's so funny that's to think crazy. about um wow. i had to ask like what's the difference between a late night vocal session and a daytime one well apparently to them nothing yeah because they sound incredible <laughs> at like four o'clock in the morning yeah. usually when you're recording at 3 30 it's like you're recording, you're like working with somebody who's like on drugs and like can't get it together. It's almost like... Definitely can't get it together. It's like almost like what I would call like ex- the exploratory hours. Yeah. Where you're just like fucking about. You're, you're not, not going to discover anything yeah. now. Popo, ahead. I, we're good and lost now. Lost? For certain, you have to be lost to find a place that can't be found. Elseways, everyone would know where it was. You're, yeah, not really. You're like, not. <laughs> and you're definitely like not usually going to make like a 
the best duet of all time. Yeah, and you're definitely like on the third <laughs> rewatch of like Houston Rockets yeah, versus exactly, Oklahoma City. Exactly. Thunder. You're like, oh, here's where that part where James Harden gets <laughs> right. fouled. You've watched the game four <laughs> gets, times in a row because yeah, exactly. it's the only thing on. They just play they, so the game funny. just keeps playing. Yeah. Oh, those three thirty AM sessions, that shit can get pretty brutal. Like I bet the engineer for this was stressing a little bit. Because it's like you couldn't get these two together. Yeah. And it's like you just have to capture that magic in that tiny window. But that's like what separates legends like yeah, I Lionel mean, Richie and Diana Ross from like other people. It's like you just, they can deliver the magic on call. Yeah. I mean, those two are, they're legends. Yeah. You know, like they'll, their music will be around like forever. Like some of the most memorable songs, like including this one. And it's, it's so amazing to see someone just turn it on. In an instant, you yeah. know, like no matter the, no matter what happens, they can just turn it off. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. Yeah. It's always, re- it's always really crazy. You're yeah. just like, damn, like you had, there's something wrong with your amygdala that makes you better at doing this. And for some reason you figured it out. Yeah, and you're they just can like, flip the switch yeah. and they're just, they're just on. <laughs> I'm like, are you a fucking liar? Yeah. Is that who you are? <laughs> <laughs> um, this song features Sonny Burke on the Smooth Roads piano and keys and the legendary Nathan East on bass guitar who played, uh, he was like, most famous for being in Stevie Wonder's band later on, especially during those like hotter than July sessions. Mm. And he was like Eric Clapton's go-to bass player oh, for wow. a long time. Yeah. He's really, he's really, really fucking good. Yeah. He's so good that he has his own type of Ibanez bass. No shit. Yeah. That's how you know. I really like Ibanez. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I love that. They, you know, they get shit on sometimes, yeah. but they make great quality stuff. On my first bass was like one of those black, $150. Oh, yeah, 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 it's a, yeah. It was a great bass. Like, yeah. it was better than a couple of bases I had later. Yeah. yeah. I really liked it. And, like, listen, if it's good enough, like, George Benson has a signature guitar. Yeah. If it's good enough for the Benz, right. it's good enough for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, like, like, Luke, what do you think when you're mixing a duet? What the hell is going on? Because you kind of have to give equal credence right. to two separate vocalists, which is unusual. Usually there's a support and, and a main, and you sort of, like, judge all your mixing or orchestrating actions based around making one kind of be better. And in this, you got to give equal credence. Like, right. How do you do that? I think they're, the tones of their voices match so well. Like her voice is, is really light and airy yeah. and kind of high. Mm-hmm. It sounds like it's coming right out of a big ass nasal cavity. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Yeah, yeah but it, it sounds really nice. And where Lionel Richie's is like really like sultry. Mm-hmm. And so they just like line up together yeah. so nice. And actually when I was listening, when we listened to the song, I was just like thinking about how duets really don't exist anymore. It's hard, in yeah. In today's music. Well, because we have, we have like the features, features where it's like, one person will do a few lines and another person will do another few lines, which duets used to be kind of that way too. Not even that much. They might just do just the verse verse at the end. Yeah, exactly. And and then they don't show up to the video. And it's like, oh, damn, damn, it's that Tony Bennett, Cardi B, like... In the rain, snow is glistening. This is how I press it. What the fuck? I just came up with that idea. Y'all can have it, but I know it's on the way. Oh, yeah, but, it's but, coming. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I hear you. It's, it's weird like, that duets don't exist anymore. And it's, I think a duet is one of the most powerful musical yeah. things to like evoke emotion. Well, I think it's really cool, too, because it can help train. Usually when we think about songs, we think about them from the perspective of one person, right? True. And it's, and it's a little close-minded that we automatically assume that's what a song is. It's like when you hear the perspective of multiple people, you're like, oh, shit. You can do that. Right. It's like, I remember the first time I saw an interview with Randy Newman and he was like, yeah, I write songs from like a redneck's perspective. I write songs from like a woman's perspective, whatever. Cause like, I, why don't I have the same 
ability as like a short story writer. Right. Like I can just write whatever I want. Right. Music. And I was like, oh damn, bro, like you're right. And I feel that way about duets. It sort of tricks people into being like, oh, we can have this other perspective too. And it's like it makes me wonder how cool it would be if other things like if if in movies and we do have some we do kind like, of duets, like i mean like because like of different course vantage points yeah of course like disney is holding oh, well, duets, they're holding yeah. they're kind of like holding the duet flag right now because well, it's a big part of musical theater because exactly. people understand that as like a storytelling device with multiple perspectives exactly. but we usually don't do, give that sort of like same reverence as it were to like a four minute composition right but yeah it is really cool i i think i think i just thought of a duet i like more than this Ooh, kenny loggins and Dolly Parton. Oh, wow. Islands in the Stream. Right, right, I think wow. it's a little bit better. Also, because it has the weirdest key change of all time. It goes from C major to G sharp major. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, it's a weird fucking modulation. Yeah. Try that at home. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I don't know. Is, it, is, that, is, that, is, that, is that like a flat? It's got, I think that's going down to the flat six major. Yeah, it's a pretty weird one. Yeah. I don't know why you would write that. Going one to flat six major is kind of hip. Yeah. If you go down, I think. If you go one... To flat six, I think that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. Oh, damn, I didn't think about it like that. Instead, I was just like, this is weird. It's different than normal. See, I was talking <laughs> shit about people that did that, and I just did that. <laughs> Thanks so much, y'all, for listening to this podcast. Make sure you review and rate our podcast. It really helps that algorithm get nice and loose, make some endless love. <laughs> make sure you tell your friends about this podcast in real life, too. Um, we really have fun doing this, and we appreciate the support. We're on Instagram, Patreon, etc. We also have a playlist on Spotify, which features all the songs from the season. Let us know what you think about what we're doing and what songs you might want us to do episodes about. Thanks so much for listening to this. 